hello and welcome to episode 23 of Entertainment of Excellence, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Ollie. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben. And today we're going to be talking about the 2019 film, The Two Popes. This will contain spoilers. Uh, right, okay, so I've got to do a plot summary. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so the two popes follows not two popes at the start. Thank you very much. Um, it follows Pope Benedict the Sixteenth and Jorge Bergoglio. <laughs> I can't remember how you say his name. <laughs> Jorge. <laughs> yeah, Bo- it's Pope Francis. Bergoglio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's Pope Francis. Um, but not yet. Uh, basically. Jorge Bugolia, that might be it, he's saying that he wants to resign as a cardinal, and Pope Benedict is like, don't do that. And then it turns out Pope Benedict wants to resign as Pope. And Pope Francis is like, no, don't do that. (laughs) Uh, And then Pope Benedict does resign, and then Pope Francis becomes Pope. Well, that's an easy plot. Well, that's it. Dumb. There's I mean, the, there's flashbacks. Quite a long sequence of flashbacks. Yeah, it? yeah. There's flashbacks, so you get to see uh, Pope Francis past uh, through the Argentina. I think it's called the Dirty War. I think that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of appealed to the military that would got seized power at the time because he was trying to protect his priests but a lot of people didn't like that and you you know saying he felt guilty and like two of his priests were captured and tortured for months so that is also part of it yeah also he likes football (laughs) and pizza and pope benedict likes commissar rex I, I want to check what the war is. Uh, Very professional. <laughs> <laughs> Was it the... Mm, no. List of wars involving Argentina. I don't know if it was a war. It wasn't really a war, though. Just like... We'll just leave it. Power by a dictatorship and then... Yeah. 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 <clears throat> the Dirty <laughs> War. So. Yes, it was. It was the Dirty War. Cool. Yeah. The military, gender, and civic oh. military dictatorship. Cool. Cool. <laughs> so, a couple, like, a few episodes ago, we'd kind of, like, sort of stopped doing, like, frequently asked questions at the start because there weren't, like, any good ones. But I found, you you, re- you remember how they were always, how accurate is it? And where was it? Uh, not where was it filmed. It was how accurate... Is it? And is there going to be a sequel? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a sequel. And as for how Three accurate goats. it is, um, it is apparently 
based on it's based on true events, obviously, but there's yeah. no way. It says here you literally have to be a fly on the wall in the Vatican to truly capture yeah. the conversations. So I think, I think even the writer said it's mostly speculation. Yeah, they used uh, kind of speeches, interviews, and writings yeah. to like try and base it in reality. So some of them are very accurate, like when Pope Francis is. Um, what what do you call it when he becomes pope? <laughs> when someone becomes pope, I don't know. Elected. When he bec- when he becomes the pope, uh, the events that he does to the crowd and what he wears is very accurate because yeah, yeah. they have that information. But um, yeah, the, the rest of it is kind of guessing. So some people say that their relationship between Pope Benedict and Francis is shown to be a bit more amicable than it actually was. Yeah. Uh, because there's... Well, Pope Benedict's kind of said a few things that weren't directly against Pope Francis, but, you know, kind of... Like, he blames the clergy sex abuse scandal on some uh, dangerously liberal theological ideas. That's in quotes. Yeah. Mm. I thought but, it was a bit weird because at the start, Benedict seemed to more against like, France's ideology whatever, but then he sort of had this sudden change where he was originally saying that he only wanted to resign if he knew that the power wouldn't go to Francis, but then he suddenly has this change. And yeah, well... Of, he he out says it's like a sign God. from God, so yeah, basically I mean, I is think... out of the blue. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, for high, you know, obviously, I would assume the Pope is, uh, is highly religious, so it's probably okay to Guess, have yeah, that, there is that kind of come out of the blue. Like, it's like the thing about um, the candles, the mirror, yeah, and also the fact that he'd already. Uh, he was going to come on the plane anyway, yeah. even before I heard about the meeting. So there's a yeah. few times like that, like the when Francis is extra, uh, explaining his past and how he, be, why he decided to become uh, a priest, also seems a bit, a bit unclear. Like there's the whole thing about him going to confession, but they sort of don't really explicitly reveal the factor that really made it click for him. There's a few times like that where it's not entirely clear. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess to a degree it would be, it could be considered like the fact that, well, God's signs aren't always clear. And so rather than really making it very clear, the film is choosing a more ambiguous route. But it is... It gets a little bit annoying sometimes, so I don't I don't know whether I'd say that's really a criticism, but it's definitely something I didn't personally like so much. What was that? Sorry, yeah. the fact that um some of the stuff in the film isn't like made really clear; it's left more ambiguously. Like for like for example, why he actually became a priest in the end. Yeah, I I, I don't know if I zoned out during that. <laughs> I mean, I mean it I felt like something had happened that I'd missed. 
yeah, yeah. that's how I felt. I I felt if I'd like zoned out or something when in reality it just didn't make it clear. Oh, have you looked and it just isn't clear? Well, you you rewinded the scene when we were watching it. Oh, did I? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so wow, so out of it. You're just really, oh, yeah. really I think sweet. it is meant to be like that providence and the whole thing about highly religious. So a lot of it is sort of designed to be inexplicable. But again, it doesn't really help in terms of the plot. Something else that I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, it wasn't that detrimental, but sometimes I just felt that the tone was a little bit inconsistent. But you'd have times yeah. where it would be more comedic, and other times it would be quite sombre, and it, it just felt like it flipped from comedy and drama. And yeah, I, I think it, it was, always worked for me. It was a, it was mainly a drama film, um, but it did like slip into comedy with some of the dialogue between um like francis and benedict especially like i don't know when they were discussing like about abbey road and he was saying oh it's 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 the where the beatles recorded it's uh, it's like a church and he goes abbey road it's like no i couldn't do that yeah <laughs> i i mean it wasn't as much as a problem for me but maybe that's just me I I I do watch a lot of like dramas that slip into comedy or just straight up comedy dramas. So I just I thought know. it was weird that the scene with like the piano yeah. felt a bit sort of light, but after immediately after that, there was like a whole a twenty minute flashback sequence of corruption and oppression, and it just felt like it was a bit jarring. Mm. Yeah, like but I can see if it. If it wasn't, if you didn't feel that as much, yeah, I think that's probably more of a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I also uh, this is probably like quite an unfair criticism, but I noticed there were quite a few. This is on the technical side, by the way. Um, there were a few shots where it kind of like awkwardly zoomed in, and it was very reminiscent okay, of The Office. Yeah, yeah. Did, did yeah you I know was thinking that? exactly that. I was thinking, yeah. this looks like an episode of The Office. Yeah, like those <laughs> awkward like zoom-ins with a handheld camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was something that I was going to critique it on. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't know why I wasn't the only that. one that felt that way. Because there were some like, great weird. shots of them sat in front of the house. Yeah. You know, the like really wide shots of them and stuff like that. And then it would just... Sometimes, like they'd they turn their head and there'd be the dramatic zoom. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. The dramatic zoom. There's one scene in the garden where it was like a really close-up shot where it kept on flipping between both of them. And also, noticed at that time, um, there wasn't actually any music, but sort of the ambience and the, in particular, the sound of the birds was sort of uh, used quite effectively to make it more intense. Mm. Um, but then. There was other scenes where, as you say, there was just like documentary style zoom ins on them. It was yeah. really strange. Hmm. I guess that sort of embraces the fact that well, it's, it's like private conversations, and maybe, maybe it's representing the fact that the camera's not really supposed to be there, but maybe I'm just thinking too deep well, into it. Well, if I it just... was a documentary, that draws... It drew attention to the camera for me. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have thought... Like, 
it works in the office because it's supposed to remind you like these people know they're being filmed. Yeah. You know, yeah. the cameras are always present, but when there's a, a sudden like zoom in, you, you remember you just go, "Oh yeah, this is a film and it's it's not real." Yeah, um, and also if you were going to use that style, wouldn't you use it for the whole film rather than having a f- like I don't know, 75% of it being just really good um, film shots, mm. <laughs> you know, and then just a few ones that stand out as like weird office style documentary yeah. camera shots. Mm. Maybe we're just being uh, a bit harsh on this film. Yeah, I was going to say, should we move on to stuff that we like? Because I did actually yeah. like yeah. quite a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, Jordan Price and Anthony Hopkins were really good in it. Anthony Hopkins, ironically famous for being Hannibal, <laughs> a very different yeah. character to the Pope. Jordan Price, I knew from Brazil, but that's not like his top listing on IMDb, so maybe I'm just a bit weird. I think he's played a lot of villains before, actually. What was his top listing on IMDb? Uh, he's been in Bond. <laughs> Sorry, I've just got Commissar Rex up on IMDb because I was interested. <laughs> That's uh, Pope Benedict's fav- favorite uh, thingy. Is TV it a rip off of Scooby Doo? Is uh, maybe? <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's actual. I think I'm pretty sure it's an like, actual, just an actual detective show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but it's the it, actual it detective show. A rip off of Scooby Doo. Um, a recently divorced cop adopts a police dog who lost his former companion and together they solve crimes in and around Vienna. I don't know. <laughs> Jonathan Price. Did I say Jordan episode. Price? I think I said Jordan Price. Sorry, Jonathan. It's Jonathan Price. Um, yeah, he's best was... known for the two popes. Uh, Tomorrow <laughs> Never Dies, he is Elliot Carver. So there you go. Wow. He's been in a few other things. Cool He's been in 120 other things. <laughs> That's quite a few other things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. So they were both great in it. Uh, I do love Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins. I also think the script writing was good. I think even if you think the tone flips, flip-flops a bit, I think mm. the comedic lines were funny. I mean, there might be like one or two lines that didn't land for me, but I thought it was good. And the conversations, you know, the, and, and the heated... Oh, well, they, they never really got heated because I guess it's, you know, they're trying to be quite pious, but the conflicting conversations that the two of them have are really good and, you know, they both have great lines for it and symbolism and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, much, I, I, I didn't mind the comedic stuff and I didn't mind the, the other stuff. Um... I think they both worked very well in their own ways. I think it was just stitching them together that was the problem, because like I, I yeah. genuinely enjoyed the the scene with the, the the piano and sort of how Benedict's being a bit of a boomer, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I find well, myself liking his character a lot more after that scene. Yeah, I, I mean, he he took more of like a conservative approach, but at the same time, there was. The thing about him eating his meals by himself and he's like sitting there watching telly drinking Fanta. Yeah. That must have been product he's... placement. That that did annoy yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> uh 
Um, let's review the plot product placements. What do you think of Fanta? <laughs> what do I think of Fanta? I think that Tango is the better orange drink. Blasphemy. Oh, the Fanta! <gasps> the Fanta is real. Pope Benedict does actually like Fanta. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That's the best thought. Truthful than we thought. Maybe it wasn't product placement. Well, I mean. Well, at least it wasn't Tango, you disgusting cretin. <laughs> <laughs> Tango is better! No, is go no. away. Be gone. Fanta's made by... Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> you should see what Fanta looks like in America. Any American viewers out there, your Fanta is too orange. It looks <laughs> like... <laughs> it's meant to be yellow. Cleaning fluid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, anyway, back to the film. <laughs> I for me the flashbacks maybe it's just because I wasn't prepared for them but I was like I don't really like care about these because there hadn't really yeah. been many flashbacks before I, I just assumed the way he was speaking like he was going to say oh um, I'm, I'm not perfect I did some bad things in the past I thought he was just going to describe what he did because that seemed to be how the film worked but then suddenly we get like a really long flashback sequence and i mean the yeah. flashback sequence on its own is really good you know there's a mm -hmm. good drama in it and also the actor of the young jorge is uh really good but i think i, I don't know it just felt a bit weird there's a few scenes where there wasn't like an extended flashback but i think maybe when benedict was playing the piano uh, with francis there was just like a few Flashes to past memories that it evoked in some way, and also like when they were hugging at the end before he left, it sort of reminded them of earlier things. I think that was more effective than just having a really long sequence because I sort of yeah. lost interest in that. Yeah, and seeing felt... the candle and stuff, they they did really well at symbolism. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the candle and wide shots when they're together, and well, I think black and white. I think that's actually what they were, but. <laughs> But it also does show the difference between them because they they could have had him not wearing his cardinal outfit. You you know you don't really know. Um, so it it did really well with that, and though there are actually some good shots as well as just the office weird ones. office parts. Uh, so so that that's why I feel like we're more annoyed. Yeah. So it just stood out. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say one thing about the uh, flashback sequence, and then we'll maybe try to get back to some good things. Um, it mm -hmm. kind of reminded me of... Do you remember in Heavy Metal, when we were watching yeah. it, and that last, um, uh, that last yeah, short on just dragged on, and you just sort of lost interest and weren't really invested? That's kind of yeah. what it felt like to me. I was just like... Well, not that I wasn't invested, because obviously it ties into the rest of the film, but, you know, just get to the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just annoying, because the rest of the film, even though it's obviously got quite a um, a very significant and important uh, subject line, it, it sort of was quite easy to watch in a weird way. Yeah. Then flashback did drag. Because it was so different to the rest of 
film. Yeah. I know what you mean. It did feel like the real-time stuff was faster paced, but I guess that's because the flashback sequence technically just halts time for however long it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was actually surprised how enjoyable it was just seeing those two like chat and interact. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of, you know, there's no real goal to the, you know, for the end, for the plot. So I'd, I'd kind of, I mean, there is a bit of a goal, so I'd kind of liken it to marriage story where that obviously the goal of that is for the divorce but it's not really mm. something that you have to go on a quest for or anything yeah. and the the goal of this is the kind of resignation of well it kind of flicks flips which one is going to re- resign also, um, yeah so i actually i quite like the pacing and plot of it in terms of the real life scenes obviously the conversations don't get as awkward and tense as in marriage story but you know there's still some kind of contention and conflict between them but it's more supportive because they both want each other to keep doing what they're doing and not give up in a way yeah i thought it was also quite nice that the plot didn't really need you to think a lot about it you just kind of had to take in what was happening, which uh, yeah. in, in a way is kind of a nice break from some of the other films we've been watching, like uh, It Couldn't Happen Here or I guess like Stalker or something. I'm going to yeah. forget Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just sort of it was just sort of chill to watch them just talk and discuss different ideologies, I guess. Yeah, it was kind of kind of vibe. It. <laughs> it's a nice, like, it was gentle right film. Yeah. It's like a bottle twist on something that you could, could also make into more of a traditional film. Yeah, I guess. Mm. I guess that represents Francis bringing in more permissive views to the church. It, it was good that it didn't feel like Hollywood and. I actually I enjoyed it a bit more than some of the writers of this stuff. So the writer of this, Anthony um, McCartan, has written quite a few biographies. So he did The Theory of Everything. Uh, he did Bohemian Rhapsody and he did Darkest Hour. Those are like the the big three. Mm. Um, yeah. And it just, I don't know... I think you know they're they're all pretty good. Obviously, Bohemian Rhapsody has some terrible editing, and kind of gl- makes everything have a, a bit of a glossy touch on what actually happened. Uh, Darkest Hour is pretty enjoyable, but th- this just feels a bit different to both Bohemian Rhapsody and the Theory of Everything. It has that more indie feel, but that could just be because I'm watching it not in a cinema. <laughs> It didn't. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It didn't feel like it was one of those like high budget movies. And well, well, I'm sure they obviously had a high budget if they were able to get like Anthony Hopkins in it. Um, oh yeah, whose agent got him got them to change the name of the film. I don't know why, because he is like the main pope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it just didn't feel like yes. you were being bombarded. Your senses were being bombarded by lots of different effects, and that doesn't necessarily. When I well, say effects, that doesn't mean like special effects. Just yeah, it just felt like yes. there was 
couple actors, but sound I... guy, and a camera. Yeah. But there was the that dodgy that... CGI. Yeah, <laughs> that's Saint true. Peter Square, but uh... oh yeah, <laughs> that was that was but that I... was dodgy. I'm glad it kept out of pretty much the rest of the film. Probably due also to the fact that it's it's more of a lesser told story than like Church yeah. or Queen or Stephen Hawking. So I don't know. It just had more of well, not indie, but less. Buster than those, I guess. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was just more interesting because I hadn't known about it before. Yeah, yeah. So um, it had a forty for me at least. Yeah, it had a forty million dollar budget, so that Damn. is that's fairly small for mm. big films nowadays <laughs> in these times. Uh, so yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um. See, the, I mean, the writing's always good. I don't, he, it didn't seem like he did <laughs> much. Well, it said he did a lot of research, but he couldn't really consult anyone on the subject matter. I'm not sure if Pope Francis would agree to just chatting with some random writer about uh, his entire life. Yeah. The, do you, should we talk about some controversy? Ooh, Ooh. let's go. That controversial scene. So in in one scene, Pope Benedict is having a confession with soon to be Pope Francis, and he brings up uh I don't I can I never found out how you first pronounce the name. It looks like Martial Martial. Um, so he kind of mentions him, and then the audio fades out, and the visuals keep going. Uh, and it, it basically suggests this is the guy that was, you know, he had a a sex abuse scandal and like. Mm basically sexually assaulted and abused children. So pretty bad stuff. Uh, so it kind of suggests that Pope Benedict knew about it before letting him go. Uh, but some publications saying that it it just, it wasn't, like, that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. But others also disagree so basically, they're not. It didn't. The confession didn't actually happen, or probably didn't happen. Hmm. But people aren't sure on whether Pope Benedict was responsible. I mean, he he was the Pope, but anyway, it it was a controversial scene. Yeah, which is quite interesting. Love some film controversies. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, like the line where he says that's a heavy burden lifted off my shoulders, and then he's like, "Well, that's a burden on mine now." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Then the blame away from himself could be seen as quite yeah cynical, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the the part of that that scene, he didn't really seem like like assuming that like it was his fault. Um, he didn't really seem that, like, he didn't really seem like he was, like, repenting. He just was sort of confessing his sins and leaving them, leaving it at that. Like, mm. he, he, he said, like, I ask for forgiveness, Father. But apart from that, he didn't show much remorse. Yeah. I well, I think it's... In... Go on. It kind of lets you make your mind up on the Pope's. I mean, obviously, 
Browns is supposed to be shown fairly well, but it doesn't kind of say he's good and and Pope Benedict is shown to be more complicated. So obviously at the start, he's kind of the antagonist and then you grow to know him. But I don't think it's the... I don't think you're supposed to think that he's kind of, you know, the he seems bad, but actually he's really good. It, it is actually showing, you know, lets you make your mind upon it, which is always a nice thing for a film to do, which maybe that's kind of why it separates it from the other three big ones, because they're all kind of, it's, it's like, you know, Stephen Hawking good, Freddie Mercury good, <laughs> uh, Winston Churchill good. So yeah. that's nice, I suppose. Well, I think that was good because although Thing says like he resigned because of his age and like deteriorating health, he obviously, there's obviously a sense of guilt involved in the fact that he no longer wants to be the Pope. And a lot of people have sort of accusing him of making a mess of it or whatever. And he's always got that the back of his mind you can see like the effects that that's having but it's never actually made clear to what extent he was involved mm. so it's sort of left up to the viewer i think yeah. it's it's actually quite like uh, an accessible film i hear some some people sound like they're either worried that like if you're an atheist or even if you're christine that you won't enjoy it but i don't think that it matters on you know, what your religious be- beliefs are, which I w- didn't really expect when I went in anyway. Yeah. On how you, if you can enjoy it, I think it's just, you know, a well-made film and you can make your own ideas on it and it just kind of shows things as they are. So it's not, you know, it, does, it doesn't make a statement on it. It kind of lets you decide for you. You could say that that's like a coward's way out, not <laughs> not making a decision on stuff, but... Um, like you don't have to be a Christian to appreciate some of the religious symbolism and conflicts in it, but yeah. But at the heart of the film is it's more about sort of the relationship between these two people. Yeah, yeah the, definitely. Like the religion, sort of just the backdrop to that. Yeah, mm. I would agree. I would also agree. <laughs> apparently jonathan price has said that people when pope francis was declared pope the internet was full of images of them both saying is jonathan price the pope even his son texted daddy the pope i guess that's why he was cast i didn't <laughs> i didn't really think they looked this the same but i guess other people sort think differently do in a weird way <laughs> they kind yeah. of do except that he wore glasses the whole film and then in the there was a, some like real life footage spliced in there, and the real life footage wasn't. That was like the main thing. Yeah. Does Jonathan Price even wear glasses? Does why, now now you got me confused of why they're wearing glasses. Twenty twenty to wear glasses. He does wear glasses. It's okay. <laughs> um, they did some interesting set stuff. So I mean, we mentioned the kind of bad CG rep recreation of um the square the, yeah uh i'm sure i i put it in here and it in our research bit 
uh, anyway, there's they like built a recreation of the Sistine Chapel, and they use some weird like tattoo process. It said they tattooed the walls. How do you tattoo <laughs> um, walls? Explain the the fact that it was an inch small. Yes, no, mm. no, it was an inch or two. Um, From what I saw, bigger, like... bigger than oh. the actual one. Oh, did, did you think it looked smaller? smaller? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, you, you know like, you really studied the. Didn't show that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does it? I can't. I can't find it. Now. I'm not going to be able to find it now. Oh no. Okay, they built it in a studio during an eight-week period. Wow. Yeah, the company produced a tattoo of the walls and ceiling. The ink from the tattoo is absorbed in the plaster, so we get all the texture and vibrancy. There you go. Wild. Just, just to appreciate other things in films, you know, don't only talk about directors, writers, and actors. That's true. Set designers, set designers. Maybe not the CG people here, but oh, um, yeah, <laughs> in other films, CG people. Yeah. Or practical uh, effects you also people. Say that. <laughs> yeah. You say that, like the voting at the start. That was that actually took like two days and oh no that was the voting at the end which all oh, right makes it look like he was just instantly voted yeah as per well, yeah there, there were five ballots taken and mm. it took and it was on the second day that he was made pope so it does actually take meant... really long because they i think they do like read out everyone's individual vote and then when they've had a vote they kind of all go around because they have to get those 77 votes in the film, which I I can't remember if that's just a majority or if that's, like, unanimous I can't, or almost unanimous. It looks like unanimous from it's, it's a, the amount of people there. It is a really large amount of yeah. people. Yeah. That's interesting that they change it to make it look like he won really easily. Uh, I guess, yeah. No one would just, it would sort of get a bit repetitive if they did the whole anticipating the result again. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Pope Benedict was actually elected on the second day as well after four ballots. Ooh. So there you go. I mean, it must take them ages to do the ballots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that white smoke and black smoke stuff. I mean, obviously it's tradition, but I. It's appeared in Angels and Demons, which I'd seen, which was the uh, sequel to The Da Vinci Code. I don't know. It, it's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I knew a, a bit about it. Nice. It's quite good at the end where um, Francis is like refusing to put on the additional clothes and stuff. And he sort of. Um, Denying any of the systems put in place in the church to show that contrast between him and Benedict. Yeah. Mm. Then you have the last scene of them watching the World Cup. Yeah, that was kind of... I think it's it's happened. Not sure. (laughs) It was kind of nice to watch, though. It was like... I don't know, it's not, it's sort of portraying the Popes as, like, the same as the rest of the common people. Um, yeah. 
well, they're just like watching football with like uh, a, a, as the Americans would would say a soda. <laughs> And it it came like right after there was a, a montage of like news uh newscasts and reporters and one of them was saying like um something about that it might having Francis as the Pope might help break the divide between what happens in the Vatican and the rest of like the normal Catholic believers. And it, it, straight after that, there's like the scene of them both watching football, which I guess is kind of symbolic as as to the the changes um, and the approach that Francis is taking as a pope. Mm. Yeah, it's a by the way, it's a two thirds majority needed if you were interested. Nice. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so- so many language changes in this film, though. It was weird. Yeah, I re- yeah, I remarked that, especially if you like Anthony Hopkins or someone like yeah. the um, amount of well, like, you, you, unless you're like fluent in all of those or like most of those languages, that would be re- those lines would be really difficult to do. Yeah, and also and have piano. to you know act, act as well. And, yeah, yeah, and on top of that, <laughs> they, we don't know they whether they both did really well. I mean, Think... I'm just impressed that like uh, Jonathan Price as well managed to speak English with a Spanish accent. Yeah. yeah. Like, what nationality is he? Difficult. I think he's British. Oh gosh. Let me see. Um, he's from North Wales. Damn. There you go. The thing with Anthony Hopkins is he sort of has this aura of almost omniscience in a way. He's in Westworld, and sort of like that. I think there might might be a scene in Westworld where he plays piano, but I just sort of yeah. assume that he can do all these things, even though. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, Anthony Hopkins was also born in Wales, <laughs> so two Welsh poets. Can he speak Welsh? Can he speak Welsh? Oh, that would he should be have been talking in Welsh. Impressive. He should have been talking in Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> um. I I should mention that originally it was actually a play, um, which well it was adapted from the a play written by the same writer. Yeah, which actually, and it, that was called the Pope, which the screenplay was also called the Pope. But Anthony Hopkins's agent wanted to change it to the two popes, so they did. Also, <laughs> makes it a bit the, easier to the, find the, on Google. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Does the, sound better, uh, I think. Yeah, the Pope, the the play actually premiered in the same year as the film came out. So, I wonder if he wrote the two like at the same time. Yeah, because it'd be a fairly good stage show as well. Because you know, mainly just two people chatting. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't need a lot of effects. Yeah, mm. the stage show so... wouldn't need the awful CGI. <laughs> <laughs> Well, should we... they could have yeah. done something where, like, have the two popes speaking to a side with, like, the flashback scenes, and then concurrently you also have the it playing out on the stage. Maybe that's how it was meant to be designed. Yeah, I think the I fact that they just that. showed they just showed the solid block of flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, wasn't as effective. I can, I can see that. Mm. Oh, I can I can really see it. Oh yes, that would be 
a lot better. Mm. <laughs> Can we go watch yeah. the stage? Uh... <laughs> if there's a recording of it online somewhere, we could do our first play for entertainment of excellence. Ooh. Actually, Episode I was wondering what would come up. The Pope. If you type if you type in the Pope, what would come up? That's just going to be Francis. The first, thing that's be the, come, the first thing that's come up for me is the 1991 film The Pope Must Die. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. The US-Canadian alternative title is The Pope Must Diet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't have too, too many problems. Nice. If you ever forget who the Pope is and you look it up, then you should get the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cool. film of the Pope must die. <laughs> the Pope must die. The Pope must die it. Must stop having those fantasies. Because it was US and Canada, I wonder if it was like the government wouldn't have allowed it to release. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway. Cool. Should we wrap it up and give our ratings? Yeah, because it's actually gone. It's flown by how much we've talked about it. Yeah. Just like the film usually went very fast, apart from the flashback. It didn't. Yeah. Yeah. How long have we been going? Uh, forty. Uh, forty minutes. minutes. Ooh. I know. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I go first then. Yeah. Let's have a little wrap up. Cool. Um, well, I enjoyed the film. It was like a, as I said, it's a sort of relaxing watch. You don't, you know, don't require a great deal of concentration to enjoy what's happening. Um, and the the biggest thing that I didn't like was the flashback being a solid block. And yeah, as you've we've made very clear, <laughs> that was probably one of the worst parts of the film. Um, other than that, I don't. I can't really explain why, but I don't think it was, like, amazing. And it's not through any fault the film has. I just think, yeah. like, I enjoyed it, but, like, I wouldn't say it was, like, great or excellent or something. So I'm just going to pull up the list of ratings. Uh, uh, I know what you mean. It kind of... A lot of McCartan's films kind of feel like that. You're like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Um, Um, I think from the things that you said there it's quite interesting because first of all I wouldn't necessarily expect that this would be that easy of a film to watch and just the fact that it was so at times comedic but even the more serious bits sort of just were really engaging and quite light hearted and also uh, I think the flashback wasn't necessarily bad, but I think both parts of the films with both different tones would have worked well individually. Just the combination yeah. of two was quite jarring. It was just a sudden flip from comedy to quite intense drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to think of what I'm rating, what I want to rate it, and I'm actually checking on the Entertainment of Excellence website, entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the all rating order. But now I'm even che- checking what I individually rated it, rated each film. 
because I know that some of them are a lot further down than I rated them, so I don't yeah, want to... Yeah, because you're the bloody good cop. Like... So like, I didn't like it as much as Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but that's way further down than <laughs> I would have put it. Um, yeah. and same with Good Time. But, I'm going to go 6.9, because uh... that's a great number. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I was going to go maybe 7.1. Ooh. So that big a difference. I know. <laughs> you really need to be a point to Ben's rank is like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, no, you could have done that low. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the six and I was like... <gasps> uh, Just like... Oh, yeah. they go... Um, 7.2. I'll, I'll be the nice guy for once. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um... I think I just wish it had, because obviously it was gentle, but that's kind of weird seeing as it was discussing like the sex abuse scandal, and you're like, why wasn't that really like distressing? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, maybe it should have been a bit more forceful with its topics, but yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, What's the that's, the, that's the problem. It's, uh, our first yeah. round about seven point one. So just under Ooh. good time and just above heavy metal. Yeah, we're we're closing the gaps between the lower rated ones. We, we might might need to go to two decimal places at some point. Which we we've semi done. Yeah, I don't know why we've <laughs> done it for point two five. <laughs> I think it's just because it's a nice number. It is a nice Cause number because it, it was exactly. 7.25, I don't know. I feel bad for heavy metal, because it's on the verge of being a terrible film. <laughs> yeah, I know, it wasn't really... far down from this. Well, it's because our, like, but... our median our, our median rating is 7.3, so we're skewed slightly towards the more positive end. Yeah. I think, okay, yeah, I think... It's films we want to watch. Yeah, it's mainly films yeah. we want to watch. However, you can help us close that gap if you send us in Ooh. films that you would like us to watch, which we may or may not necessarily enjoy. So please, yes. get, in please get in touch. You can do it via the entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com website, or you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at ELV Podcast and messages there, or just reply as in, into a YouTube comment. Uh, however, you want to get in touch, we'll we'll um, at this point we're quite small, so if you recommend something, we'll definitely do it. Yeah, Who and knows? also please do because the two films that we've been recommended were Stalker, which is definitely a really important film to watch, and Robot Monster. <laughs> Robot so, Monster. <laughs> uh, That's also important. Well, I mean, it's also a great film to watch. Well, I mean, Custom so, Kong did yeah. recommend us two other films like Robot Monster. Oh, no. I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, go go to the entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com site. You can do the contact us button. You can, um, that is a button you can press. Yeah. Um, so, while, while we're on a roll of promotion, um, we don't have any... Ent well, we do have one submission that we are holding off for a little bit because it might be that our 25th episode, which we're planning to do something special for, may like be quite short. So, we're holding off three submission for that. But if you... Uh, a creator of any kind of entertainment media, if that's a short film or music or or I guess you could do a play if if you're a, a playwright. 
do you oh. think that <laughs> like <laughs> some like Shakespeare's are gonna come back? <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, I think you should watch my play. It's called Macbeth. Uh, it's pretty good. Are you saying Shakespeare wouldn't be an Entertainment of Excellence fan? <laughs> I I hope he would be. Oh, he obviously Thanks would. Thanks for be. the subscription, Shakespeare. <laughs> Hit like and. <laughs> Slam that notification bell. Uh, yeah, if you create if you create stuff, just send it in via the same methods we've said before. You know, we'd love to yes. feature you. We'll dedicate a round about a ten minute segment to give you constructive criticism, and also mm -hmm. say what we liked about it, because we don't want you to feel sad. Yes, she. Shall we now move on to recommendations? We shall. Let's do it. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm slightly worried I recommended this before, so please stop me. <laughs> but Because I, I, I thought, <laughs> stop. I didn't know if I recommended it last week, because I felt like I should have done. Or maybe but... you should check the recommendations master list, which is Whoa. given to you upon oh. subscription to our <laughs> mailing list at com. Subscribe now. Uh... <laughs> I can control F on it, in fact. There you go. Let's have a look. No. Oh, it's not on there. Okay. Cool. Well, you're so, free to uh... I, I watched the film Seven Psychopaths, which uh, is cool. It's a comedy crime action kind of film about a screenwriter writing a screenplay called Seven Psychopaths and he kind of meets the psychopaths while he's writing it and lots of, you know, hijinks ensue. <laughs> it's got a really good cast. It's, uh, you know, it's got Colin Farrell, Sam Rockwell, Christopher Walken in a film that isn't Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> uh, Imagine. <laughs> and and he, he's still a... Well, he's a bit of a psychopath. Um, oh, it's also got Woody Harrelson as well. But it's by the writer-director Martin McDonough, who I absolutely love his films. Well, when I say... He's only made... I think... Okay, so he's got five directing credits, except... One of them is an untitled credit, and one of them is a short. So I have seen all three of his films now, which he's uh, directed, um, which is In Bruges, which is debut, which is another fantastic film about two hitmen that get sent to Bruges where nothing happens because they're supposed to lay low, and Colin Farrell's in that as well, and he kind of gets a bit bored. That's uh, a brilliant film to watch. And the other one is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which was oh, that's a good nominated for Best Picture. And yeah, that was, I think that was my favourite. Well, I can't say that I didn't see them all, uh, but I, I went to see that in the cinema and it was very good. So if you like any of them, if you like In Bruges or Three Billboards, watch Seven Psychopaths. I, I, I would say it's not as good as the other two, but it's still like definitely worth a watch. And also you get to see Martin McDonough kind of comment on the filmmaking process. It's kind of meta, but not in an explicit way. So there you go. Watch it. Groovy. Nice. Yeah. Well, Do you have anything then? 
I actually do for like the first time in like a month. Let's go. Yeah. What are you on about? You did Kango Jack Day USA. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the the only downside is it's not like very exciting. A lot of people may have already heard. Um, I'm, and there's a I'm doing like a couple in one go because uh you know we and we've mentioned them on the podcast before, but it's pretty much the only things I've been watching. Um, I'm saving something for next week. So, the so Marvel did uh quite a few uh TV series for Netflix, and I've been going through them in like sort of semi chronological order because they cross over at times. So I started doing that and gave up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been planning to do that for about two years and watched one season of Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, I've I've watched um. Uh, one season of dead uh 1.5 seasons of daredevil actually because i'm on the second season um and the first season of jessica jones oh Um, you're gonna do what i did i watched daredevil season one then jessica jones season one because i was gonna do it in chronological order then i just watched seasons two and three of daredevil because i gave up (laughs) (laughs) i ended up doing the same but with uh jessica jones (laughs) oh right um but I'm still going with like Daredevil. So, Go on there. Um, Daredevil is the best one. Yeah, I'd say da- I, like Jessica Jones I've is the Punisher as well. So yeah, Jessica so Jones is good, but well, the f- I'd say the first oh, season is the best. I haven't seen Iron Fist yet. Apparently, Apparently that's, that's really not as rubbish. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Daredevil season three is amazing. Yeah, so <laughs> watch it. I like. I really did like Daredevil season one, but for some reason it took me like six months to watch. <laughs> I watched I it in two days. In between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I just binged it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, we were just interrupting you. Go on. <laughs> yeah, thanks. No, it means I have like to talk it. less. I'm great with that. <laughs> no, um, but I'd say Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Daredevil's the better of the two, but Jessica Jones is still great, and it's um, David Tennant is the villain, and Kilgrave, and he's uh, he's perfect for that role. He's like he still has those sort of mannerisms he he has he used for like um, when he was doing the Doctor, for example, in Doctor Who, but um, he somehow manages to bring this sort of threatening air to his character, and it's um, really good. And his motivations when it gets into them are like quite creepy and not not like disturbing but like less fantasy based and more like based in what could genuinely happen so um there's that and then also daredevil is great the the villain in that um wilson fisk is um Whoa. i he's Whoa. such a great villain in that <laughs> In that his he's like you can't really hate him because he's had like a a really troubled childhood and also he's like whilst he's destroying the city he's having like this sort of nice romantic relationship with someone and oh, trust me yeah, you if you've seen him. um <laughs> seen he's like, uh, into the Spider Verse like Kingpin's the main yeah I I, like I didn't pick up a I didn't pick up Did even he was Kingpin, King but like <laughs> the first time I saw Kingpin was like the absolute unity is in Into the Spider Verse. So like, <laughs> as soon as I realised, I'm glad it was towards the end of the season. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kingpin's like the main Daredevil villain. I can't remember if I saw I saw Kingpin in either the Daredevil series first or Daredevil comics first. So it was hilarious seeing him in Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this comical cube. <laughs> chonker. What chonker? Cool. So, Ollie, do you have anything? I do. Um, <gasps> well, but it's is a full house. It's a rare three, three recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Netflix stuff, um, no, they quite often get criticised for the lack of any good films. Uh, we've like the two popes was a Netflix produced film, and so was Marriage Story, which we did a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And then one that I watched recently, you you may well have heard of it. You might have even seen it. it's called Roma. Oh, that's on my list. Yeah, so it came out in 2018, and it's basically tells the story of like, a middle class domestic worker in the early 1970s in Mexico. She's basically looking after this. Um, like rich family, uh, but uh, it's basically set with with the backdrop of um, the the family falling apart, as well as the political turmoil in the country at the time. Uh, and it's 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 like beautifully shot to the point where it's just subliminally invested the whole time because of the. Cinematography, it's all in black and white. I mean, it wouldn't ask for of, it. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a lot of um, poignant imagery and shots. I know the director's is actually the same director as Children of Men, which Tom recommended. Oh, is it? I didn't know point. that. Yeah. Saucy. None, he's quite famous for quite long one shot takes, which can last a couple of minutes or whatever. And it's definitely used very effectively in this. Oh yeah, he uh, directed Gravity as well. Yeah. Um, but it basically tells the story of this woman who is so devoted to this family uh, and it, it causes this sort of conflict when she herself becomes pregnant and I won't spoil anything but it tells the story of her progression throughout a year and it's just a really it's just such a beautiful film that I can see why it was nominated for so many awards and stuff. A lot of people say it's the best film of twenty eighteen. It was nominated for Best Picture. Did it not yeah, win Best Foreign Language Film? But it yeah, it's all in Best Picture. Spanish. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. Groovy. I'll definitely watch it at some point. Yeah. Hopefully. Could be uh, another good do. Netflix film is Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I think we've mentioned it before. Well, that's that's a good Netflix film. So there's some yeah, good Netflix that, films. That was also, 2018 as well. On, on another note, The Kissing Booth 2 came out. So <laughs> <laughs> there's also bad Netflix films and, you know, Tall Girl and all that. But Tall Girl. there's some good ones if you look. I mean, I, I saw Extraction. Uh, oh, that's supposed to be Chris right. Hemsworth. That was decent. It was like a less good version of John Wick. Don't, yeah. There was 
I've seen, I haven't watched it, but there's this relatively new film called Project Power, which has quite an interesting premise of like, take a pill and gain a super ha- uh, super power temporarily, but it could be anything, like it could be destructive or it could be flying or mm. it could blow up. Yeah, uh, or Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it. I don't know if it's getting that well reviewed, but it just sounds quite it's interesting. It's all right. I mean, the, the yeah. one that did come out, which we're probably going to add add to our list, is uh, I'm thinking of ending things, which is Charlie Kaufman, who wrote and directed Being John Malkovich. Groovy. So I think it'd be quite fitting for us to have that. Um, Being John Malkovich is our second highest film, sir. Yeah. So maybe we should probably watch his new film. Hmm. We need to we need to find some more films that go into the eight category. Ooh, yeah. At the moment, we've only really got two. Technically, there's four, but episodes mm, well, that change. Yeah. So, if you have any films that you think are absolutely amazing, then please send us. Please send us yeah. them. So he didn't guess direct just... being John Malkovich. He, but he did write, write it. it. Yeah, he wrote yeah. it. I think. Um, it's quite because we tried to do films that are well received but aren't like really obvious picks, and a lot of the top rated films are quite obvious things yeah, that we've probably yeah. all already seen, so quite difficult to find middle ground. Yeah, but if you've got anything you want us to see, then you can <gasps> send it in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Promotion time, yeah, you can send it he in wrote... via. The contact form on our website or the our followers on Instagram and Twitter at EOV Podcast. Yes. Hmm. So yeah. Also, it's not just films. If you have like any criticism of the podcast, send us hate mail, please. We need hate mail. <laughs> Whoa. We need if you want to give us a rating, that would be very much appreciated because we're still starting out and want to know what we can do better. We have a positive mental attitudes, you know. Yes. <laughs> cool. Do you have anything else to say? Don't think so. No. Groovy. Well, alright, see ya. Alright, see ya. Alright, see ya. That's it to do.